1: They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to Tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Welcome
0: back to the Paddle and Fin Podcast Network. We're brought to you by Yet Gadget for all your kayak fishing accessory needs. Go to yakgadget.com.
1: Pelican cases, coolers, and lighting. Go to pelican.com. The 153
0: Bake company For all your hard and soft bait needs, go to the 153anglers.com. Now let's get this show started. Hi,
2: everyone, and welcome to another episode of the mindset podcast i'm your host chris slifka and my special guest today is going to be brian schiller the host of the og show brian welcome in what up
0: how you doing man good good just uh getting ready to head up to lacrosse tomorrow man
2: yeah man i wish i was making that trip with you yeah Uh, i I was i was so looking forward to it but you know Life kind of always gets in the way sometimes.
0: Yeah, I hear you, man. I know how that goes. Yeah. I was hoping to be leaving tonight, but unfortunately, yeah. <laughs> work, work gets in the way of that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But that happens. It's what it is, man. Yeah, for sure. All
2: right. So I wanted to have you on this show, basically. I know you're kind of in your transition from fishing into your hunting transition during the fall, and I know there's a lot of anglers out there that are doing that like uh yeah like i was telling you before man you know i've always been intrigued with hunting but never actually went hunting so i kind of want to know what like first off like what's the similarities between hunting and fishing
0: um well the biggest the biggest similarity is doing your homework doing your research like you know like going to a new body of water or going to a tournament you're pre-fishing you're looking at maps things like that it's it's the same thing with hunting because um nowadays i hunt a lot of public land so Mm -hmm. i'm looking for you know subtle things areas that i think are going to hold deer areas that i think are going to hold waterfowl and um just scanning over like all the upland fields for like pheasants and things like that too. So, um, I think the biggest, yeah, the biggest similarities is like the preparation, um, going into it. Not only that, but when it comes to execution time, you got to be on point and, uh, ready to go when, when it's time to, uh, harvest an animal. Okay.
2: Okay. And then, As far as I know, I know it takes a lot of preparation as far as like you're in the stand for hours at a time by yourself. Yeah. You know, that's, that's the obvious. What, what goes through your head mentally where you're not being driven nuts?
0: Just, Uh, you know, it's, uh, so I was just on, um, Punisher Waterfowl podcast this week. I recorded with those guys last week and, uh, you know, like I told them, like, like being in a kayak on the water, like I always have a hard time describing like what that's like, right? Like what's, what's the intimacy, the romance of being in a kayak versus like a boat or whatever, you know, and it's, you know, being close to the water, watching the sunrise, you know, watching the world come alive. And it's, it's kind of the same way in a deer stand. Like that's, that's the biggest way I can relate. Like, you know, typically, you know, for your morning hunts, you're getting in when it's still dark. Um, you're sitting there, everything's quiet. And then you start to see that sun peek up, the birds start chirping, squirrels start moving, you know, other wildlife is going to bed, you know, raccoons, skunks, things like that. And then, you know, obviously you're, you're hoping you're catching the deer as they're, you know, moving off to, um, you know, go bed down for the day. And it's the same thing, like in the evening sits, you know, like, you know, you get in early afternoon and then you get to watch, you know, the, the woods, um, kind of go to sleep. So it's, it's a real intimate thing, you know, like, um, I'm always scanning the woods, looking around, um, You know, I may pick up my bow, draw back a few times to, you know, like, if I think a deer is going to come in this spot on the left or right ahead, you know, so that way I know, like, I got a free range where I can move. Um, I'm going to be able to shoot in a certain area. I mean, the biggest thing is, is like, you know, you want a nice ethical shot, you know, where you're hitting the vitals of the animal, no matter what animal it is, and it's not going to suffer and things like that. So just being prepared for that, like, that's a lot of, like, what I think about when I'm sitting there um, in a deer stand, if I'm walking in in a field, you know, hunting birds, like keeping, you know, making sure I know where the other guy is. so I'm not shooting him. Or if we're running a dog, you know, know where the dog is so you're not shooting them. And then, you know, know where your shooting lanes are so you got a nice ethical harvest. And it, it's the same thing with waterfowl, you know. Like, waterfowl, there's a lot of guys that, you know, will sit there and just shoot at anything that flies over them. Whereas, like, we're we're actually trying to get the birds to come into our decoys and almost land before you start shooting. So that way, you know, you're nice and close. Uh, Your chance of harvesting that bird versus wounding it is much greater. And uh, things like that. I mean, you know, you, you hear a lot of stuff out there about like, you know, hunters just want to go out and kill and hunting is way more than that to me. And I know a lot of other guys, but like, you know, our first intention, like ninety nine point nine percent of all hunters, their first intention is to harvest the animal in a clean and ethical fashion. So yeah. you're you're always thinking about that. You know what I mean? Yeah. So
2: it's like similar to someone keeping fish, kind of. Yep. You know, I mean, even the people who keep fish, they don't kill. Well, most of them. The the guy, the good guys who know what they're doing. Well, you know, kill them right away or, sure. go, or go to the rent or go home as soon as they get their catch,
0: you know? Yeah, and- like anytime I go walleye fishing or or like go out for some crappies or like ice fishing, right? Like, you know, my, my big thing is like ice fishing. We throw the fish on the ice that cools them down, pretty much puts them out um, in a timely fashion. But like going out walleye fishing like we'll keep those fish in the live well um till we get back to like the boat ramp um and then you know if there's a cleaning station there then you're pulling them out alive you know uh flaying them up there at the cleaning station and then taking them home or like just a couple weeks ago i was fishing up on lake geneva caught a nice keeper walleye i left the water in the live well all the way till i got home the fish was live and well when i got here pulled it out flayed it up right away and and drain the live well you know so it's yeah. it's kind of the similar similar thing you know like you don't want that fish just flopping around gasping for air like for hours you know what i mean like, yeah um it puts yeah.
2: a bad look on you and
0: yeah absolutely absolutely i mean that's the thing like i said there's always going to be a few jack wagons out there and like that's oh, what yeah. gives you know, you hear the one or two stories or a year of like stupid hunters. You don't hear about the millions of successful and like good positive things that comes out of hunting, you know? Um, You know, like last year I harvested two deer. Uh, My family and I, and even some friends have eaten off those two deer uh, all year round. You know, I'm just finishing up trying to finish up last year's deer so that way i got room in the freezer for for this year's um harvest you know
2: yeah i mean that's similar to like when i musky fish you know there's tons of people out there who are religious about temperatures and everything else and keeping those sure keeping them alive and well i mean versus taking them home yeah and there's other people who just don't care and even though you're putting that fish back you're killing it yeah. Right. Like not reviving right. it. Yeah.
0: Like, you know, things like that. Yeah. It's, you know, that's a thing too. Right. Like, um, you know, there, there's things out there, uh, known it, it's called a uh, quality deer management. So like you're only shooting mature deer, um, which is good. Like that was the one thing, like I didn't get into hunting until like my late twenties and most of it was self-taught. Um, I did have a couple mentors that did help me out a little bit um here and there. Um things like that. So I did a lot of research on it and you know, um the trophy is in the eye of the beholder, right? Like, you know, I'm not always going out looking for like the biggest buck in the area or something like that, you know, like I'm you know, yeah, a lot of smaller bucks I let walk as the year goes. And if it's later in the season and I still have a tag and I need meat in the freezer, like I'll, you know, I'll harvest that younger buck um, or, or doe, whatever it may be, you know, but um, you know, I'm not like this big, like, I only go out and shoot monster bucks. Like, yeah, those are trophy hunters and I get it, but that doesn't help. Like hunting was put in place and it's the same with fishing They were put in place to help control the populations of these species of animals we, we chase after, you know what I mean? That's why you have bag limits on like and size limits on bass and bluegill and crappie and, you know, walleye and muskie and Northern. And it's, it's the same thing like with hunting, like in for talking deer, only X amount of tags are sold in each state every year. Um, like the state of Illinois, because we have so many does because there's a lot of, you know, those trophy hunters that go out there and they don't do their part on harvesting does as well. Um, That doesn't help control the population. And that could spiral into a whole, like controversial subject, you know what I mean? But, um, you know, I, I'm just a, a, a hunter that likes to help control that population i do my part because if i don't then your department of natural resources do and they step in and they have like sharpshooter programs and you know trapping programs and things like that to control those herds um so and then a lot of that meat goes to like local zoos and stuff to feed the animals Whereas if I go out do my part, I could feed my family and other families with with my work uh, yeah. that I do out in the field. You know, so sorry, that was like a long, no, no, no. random it's... long spun out <laughs> answer. It's fine,
2: man. Yeah, I'm like like I said, I'm learning right now. So sure, sure,
0: yeah. sure. sure, sure.
2: <laughs> I'm le- I'm learning and I'm trying to relate. You know?
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, the two are like so they're similar, but they're different in their own ways. Right. Like, you know, like we're primarily bass fishermen. You mentioned muskie, like that's mostly catch and release. Yep. and That's to preserve those, those species of fish. You know, the biggest thing I hate seeing is like a guy posts up, like caught my limit of bass and I'm taking them home. And then some guy like berates them and like threatens to kill his family or something yeah, because dude kept a couple fish. When you buy a fishing license, that is your right. Like, you know, like whether you agree with it or not, like, you know, you don't know that guy's situation. That may be his family's food for the next week. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it sucks. We all love catching like big bass. But at the same time, like, for instance, like the lake I live on here, when I it was way back when I first learned about this lake and a friend of mine lit uh, parents lived on the lake. That's how I found out about this place. Right. And we went out bass fishing. He invited me out fishing and every single fish we caught was between 12 and 14 inches. And it was basically because there were so many of that size class fish. Um, it wasn't allowing the other fish to grow because there was so not enough forage for them. Yeah. So they had to kind of thin out the herd. So they had like a catch and keep program in place where... This episode is brought to you
1: by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you.
0: You know, a lot of guys didn't keep them, but I know quite a few guys that did out here. And it it thinned out that process, or that thinned out that size class fish. And it helped the fish grow. And now you look at our, our lake, like it's so diverse And like, I've caught 12 and 13 inch bass and I've caught five pound bass. Like, you know, so it, it, it's helped those fish grow. It's like when you go up North, like up in Minnesota, like they're pretty strict on their walleye populations and like certain lakes, like you're only allowed to keep one fish and it's gotta be between like 18 and 21 inches or it's got to be over 26 inches, I believe it is. It depends. It depends on the body of water. Okay. But they put in these weird slot limits, and that's to help those schools of fish, those age-class fish, um, grow. Um, so, and, and you go up to those fisheries, and you'll catch a ton of fish either below or above those slot limits. And you will have the best time in the world doing it but you may only catch one keeper fish a day. You know what I mean? And like, that's been a huge controversial subject up in Minnesota. Like, are they being too over precautious, but those are world-class walleye fisheries, you know what I mean? So, Mm -hmm. you know, there, there's scientists and biologists and marine biologists and department of natural resources that put these things in play. And you got to kind of play by their rules, but you know, again long-winded answer you know it's just uh i i like doing my part i like harvesting the fruits of nature i you know again not to be too controversial but like you know that meat is untainted right like Mm -hmm. all our cows chickens pigs things like that that we buy at the market store um those things are injected with hormones, antibiotics, like yeah. all kinds of yeah. stuff so they can mass produce them and get the most yield of meat out of them, A, yeah. to make a profit, and B, to support the demand of food in the world, right? So, you know, that was part of the reason why I started hunting. Like, you know, I'm not a – I'll go buy a steak right now, bro. It's <laughs> a lot at the store, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. But like it's super healthy. And what really opened my eyes to that is one of my mentors, um, guy while I fished with a lot, uh, Scotty Purs his wife got breast cancer and you know, she was going through the process and things like that. and they asked the doctor, what's the best thing we could do? like what food should she eat? what shouldn't she eat? And uh, the doctor told told them like, She needs to eat as much wild game as possible, whether it be fish, deer, you know, whatever. Um, Because of all those things that are injected into our animals, that would further along, you know, the issues she was having with her cancer. So that's when he got into hunting and fishing hardcore. And um, she's been in remission for many, many years Um, they still eat as much wild game as possible, but you know, again, they'll still go to the store, buy a pork chop, a steak, you know, a broad, a hot dog, whatever, you know what I mean? But if you can kind of reduce that intake of what you, uh, put in your body, um, it makes a huge world of difference. So, I mean,
2: I, I mean, I I totally agree with that. You can tell the difference when you eat something that's wild versus something that's yeah, like I can only eat wild fish. If you buy fish from the store, I just oh, it doesn't man. it doesn't go right with me.
0: Well that's like <laughs> I used to fish like I used to fish the trout season here yeah. in Illinois, which is like they get fish from a, a Fish farm and they mm-hmm. stockman areas it gets fished out in like two weekends most of the time it's the first weekend it gets fished out and those fish taste like garbage mm-hmm. i've caught trout out in colorado that we went back up and cooked that night dude and i was like this is freaking amazing like yeah. it tastes nothing like what we catch in illinois you know what i mean but um you know it's that again like the food that those fish are being fed in a in a farm pond versus you know out in the wild, they're eating insects and things like that. And that fishery, like you know, it, it's the same thing. Like you know, you like Beverly Hillbillies, right? They cook the opossum or whatever, mm-hmm. and like I've always thought that was like totally disgusting. I hate those things, whatever. <laughs> but like. People cook them and like, and it's the same thing with like carp, right? Like uh-huh. over in Europe, carp is like a delicacy. It's fish. the biggest
2: thing ever. Yeah. And I've seen the way they take care of the things.
0: Well, right. Maybe. and But if they're cooked right, it's really good. Yeah. And it's really good for you. Um, So like, that's, that's a lot of like why I hunt and like, I will go after species of fish that are super edible, like walleyes and crappies and like in the winter, like you, you guys have seen my posts on Instagram, like three guys and we'll catch, keep like 75 bluegill. And that's cause that stocks my freezer. The rest of the year, I don't really keep fish unless I go walleye fishing, you know, yeah. but like, that's, and, and usually like we have big fish fries over here. We'll have like friends over family and do stuff like that. Um, It's, it's the same thing with like the meat I harvest from the animals I hunt. Like, you know, like my wife will make like huge meatballs and like, we'll do a pasta night or like meatloafs. And like, I remember um, when I first started hunting, uh, some of my son's friends came over one night for dinner and I was making, uh, we call them dough burgers, but you know, it was ground deer meat made into burger patties and i gave them some and i didn't tell them till after the fact and they were like no way like this was so amazing like so good like this doesn't taste like mcdonald's you know and that's just like (laughs) but i prep i prep i try to do a lot of prep like i got back into hunting like hardcore last year i took a lot of time off from hunting because i was I guess you could say i was kind of snobbish like i had some private land um where my folks used to live that i would hunt and then i lost access to that because they moved and i kind of gave up on it because i was like yeah i don't want to go knocking on doors looking for private land i don't want to deal with the hassles of public land and like i almost love hunting public land more because there is so much of it out there um and that's where you got to really put in your homework and in, in your mindset of like figuring these things out preseason and during the season, you know, like, um, you know, you, you got to put a lot of work into it. And I've gotten back into a pretty heavy uh, Brad Hurlboss, you know. One of yeah, he talks hostages. about it all the time. Well, he got me yeah. into waterfowl hunting, which is something like I never did, but I always wanted to do, but I never yeah. knew anybody that waterfowl hunted. And now I'm like, hooked, dude, like, like, yes, I'm focused on the tournament this weekend, but I'm also super focused on going and blasting some geese. Yeah, And and like, cause like, you know, like geese, like everybody thinks they're a nuisance, right? Which they are. And a, like a lot of waterfowl hunters call them the carp in the sky, right? Like that's how they look. Yeah, at cause, cause there's so many of them. Well, just because like the meat isn't as good. um, So like what a lot of guys will do is they'll take that breast meat and they'll turn it into jerky, um, things like that. So what me and Brad have been talking about doing is like, let's make some goose sausage, you know, like you mix pork in with it your seasonings. We get smoke it this and that. And we're like, dude, I bet that would be really good. And Brad's got all the equipment to do that. So um, like, that's what I'm super focused on now. Like I want to try goose jerky or (laughs) goose goose sausage since we talked about it. Yeah. So, you know, that's the thing too. Like last year I shot my first couple of ducks and I'm like, I don't know how this is going to be, you know? And I talked to Brad and he's like, you know, he, he gave me a few ideas on how to prepare it. And I prepped it and made it and me and my wife ate it and it was phenomenal, dude. Like Took that breast meat, pounded it flat, breaded it, cooked it in a little oil in the skillet, put it over a bed of pasta, and it was phenomenal. What, you know?
2: what, what would you compare it to?
0: Um, like it's got the texture of like chicken almost, okay. but like it does have like a little bit of a gamey taste to it. Um, like I hate that reference of like it tastes yeah. like chicken because everybody yeah. has that about like pretty much all wild game, but um, you know, it's got that same texture and it's similar flavor, but, um, it does have like, not like a fishy taste to it, but like, um, you know, ducks, they swim in, in water and they eat things out of water. So it's kind of got like that, you know, kind of taste to it, but there's ways to eliminate that. Like, you know, uh, I know folks that do that with deer meat, like, to me, deer meat doesn't have a huge gamey taste like some of the steaks do. Um, and it depends on the time of year where you harvest that animal. But like a lot of folks will soak their meat in milk and milk supposed to kind of pull that gamey taste out of it. I know there's like some seasonings, things like that out there that you could put on it that kind of eliminates it. But it kind of takes away from that. Right. Like mm-hmm. um, the meat is a little bit uh, greasier, I would say compared to like a chicken okay. um, not necessarily greasier maybe oilier um does have like an oil to it but um it's really good man like it's it's hard to describe it's one of those things you got to try it i mean
2: i've um, i no, i know i had i believe deer jerky before and it was good Oh yeah, dude, I, Venison. Uh, but yeah, but other than that, I don't think I've any, ever had like a burger that was made of that was from a deer or anything like dude. that.
0: You're missing out, bro. Yeah. <laughs> You're missing out. Like venison is like the best alternative to beef. Like to me. I know like guys will, from out west will argue that all elk is like a better alternative. Um and I've had elk and it's really good, dude. I I love it. But unfortunately I don't have elk in Illinois or Wisconsin that I can hunt. Northern Wisconsin has a population of elk that you can hunt, but you, um, it's a lottery system for tags. So like you could wait literally 10, 15 years before you get pulled for an elk tag because that herd is so small up there. Um, but bear meat as well. is really good. Um, you know uh john rap good friend of the podcast um he invited me out to west virginia to hunt bears and because they got a ton of them where he's at black bear and uh i'd love to go but i don't think this year is gonna happen but uh it that's definitely like on my bucket list you yeah know? like um but yeah i mean all meat has a different gamey taste like cows do too but we don't realize it cuz we've been eating beef since we were born same thing with yeah. chicken, chickens and and turkeys like wild turkeys are actually a different taste compared to like the turkeys raised on a farm or whatever you know what i mean yeah uh, i
2: believe that
0: i actually uh, a friend of mine in uh, right on the border of illinois and wisconsin in harvard he's got a farm and every year he raises turkeys and then he has them butchered right before Thanksgiving and he sells some, he keeps some. So like for the past three years I've been getting turkeys from him because I know they're, you know, naturally fed, corn fed, you know, like he beefs them up on, on regular food and not steroids and, you know, whatever uh, is put in Yeah. Well, that's the big problem with everything. Yeah. And and dude, (laughs) you, you, cook that turkey and you cook a butterball turkey right next to it and you taste the two, you're going to be like, that butterball turkey is absolutely disgusting. Like yeah. I will never eat that again. You know, like that's the thing. Like um, so I try to try to prep up as much as possible preseason. And then, you know, throughout the season, you're you're learning patterns of where deer are moving uh, birds are moving, things like that. And you got to adjust throughout the season. It's kind of like fish chasing schools of fish, right? Like you, you get on a school, you go there the next day and they're not in the same exact spot, but they're a little further down the bank, a little out deeper, whatever. It's kind of the same thought process. You're always trying to stay on top of them and, and, and get in front of them so that you have that chance to, to actually, you know, get a shot and harvest the animal.
2: Yeah, I mean, I I can see the similarities a ton.
0: It's it's so much the same.
2: The biggest difference is
0: is you get a lot more meat out of you know animals than catching fish. You know what I mean? Yeah. um, The biggest downfall of it all, like I always think about, like man, the fall bite is on right now. Fish are chomping. I'm up here sitting here waiting for a deer to walk by and I haven't seen anything all day. And then, you know, I kind of like, what am I talking about? Like, look at what I'm looking at right now, wide open field. And, you know, here's a Cardinal sitting on a branch like five feet from me because I'm so camouflaged in. He doesn't even realize it. Like Mm -hmm. things like that, man. It's uh, it's super cool. But, that is the downfall of hunting season, you know, is it's It's right on that fall (laughs) bite, dude. Like, so I still try to sneak out as much as possible. Like I'm almost like full hunt mode. We got this weekend and then, uh, I'm fishing a tournament, um, the following weekend here on my home lake with my dad. And I'm super excited about that because we've never, maybe we fished one tournament together. I forget, but, um, I used to go pre-fishing with him a lot when I was a kid and like, you know, then he got rid of his boats and then, you know, it just never worked out. So like yeah. this will be like one of our first tournaments we fished together and I'm super stoked about it. So I'm still focused on fish for the time being, but I can almost guarantee you like first October, I'm going to be almost in like full hunt mode All and right. I'll throw fishing in here and there, you know, just to break it up and like, give the woods a break, you know, but, uh, you know, hunting season is so small, you know, like time-wise, like I get to fish all year and even in the winter and, uh, hunting season, like typically like Illinois, like deer season is October 1st through January 15th, typically for, for archery, um like i'm pretty much a bow hunter i did rifle hunt wisconsin last year which is like nine days or something and i may do that again this year but their bow season opens september 18th so i'm thinking about buying tags for up there as well but um you know it's uh and their their bow season goes till i think it's like middle of january as well so i mean really you got what like three and a half months of hunting yeah. season you know and one of I mean? those
2: one of those months of the holidays
0: yeah and if, right. you have, if
2: you have a family it's it's it's, tough it's
0: it, it is tough like but if you got to it depends where the holiday falls too Like, because yeah. you know you may have some extra time off like last year you know i hunted that rifle season in wisconsin and part of that <laughs> uh there was like a Antler list only, so you could shoot a doe or a buck that had dropped his antlers, like uh for that week between Christmas and New Year's. So, like, I was trying to get up there as much as possible, yeah. And uh, just use a tag because you know they're 160 bucks, so you want to try filling one, you know. But um, yeah, it's uh it's just one of those things, man. You got such a limited <laughs> amount of time, like you saw in the group chat, like Brad. He is hardcore, dude. Like, he saves a majority of his vacation time for fall. Um, because he's a great fisherman, don't get me wrong, but like his heart is more on the hunting side, it seems. And like, yeah, well, he just goes at it hard, yeah, hard in fall, you know, which like I'm kind of jealous because like I use a lot of time throughout like the spring and summer for tournaments and stuff like that. And like, then it comes fall and I got like two or three days left of vacation. I'm like, this sucks. Like <laughs> I should have a whole week to like chase the rut, you know? And like, then I could really, you know, fill Done. some of these packs, fill the freezer. Like that's the thing too, right? Like there's programs out there um which are, are super cool. Um, It's called uh, hunters for the hungry. And basically what it is, is a lot of venison processors where you could take your deer to get all the you know, to get it cut up and like certain cuts, this and that, well, they will, uh, if a hunter brings them a deer and they don't want it, want the actual meat, they will in turn, um, butcher that deer up. And most of the time they make it all into ground, ground venison, and they donate it to, uh, uh, food kitchens, homeless shelters, things like that, man. So, you know, that's pretty cool too um i know one guy he was uh up in wisconsin and there was an area of deer where the or area of uh wisconsin where the deer were just so out of control and it was one of those things a lot of trophy hunters but guys weren't harvesting the does and the guy shot 30 deer um because nobody was hunting this area and like cars were getting wrecked non-stop from deer running out in traffic so like that causes a problem for the insurance companies. That causes a problem for you driving the car. you know, not yeah. have the car to get to work. Like, there's a lot of other factors that go into that stuff, right? And this guy uh, donated all that meat, dude. And there was, um, it all went to two, two uh, food pantries, dude, and fed like I don't even know how many families. Like, it had to be a ton. It, I mean, if you um, figure like- on average, like it was eighty to hundred pounds of meat. Or, or maybe even say 75 pounds of meat per deer. Like that's a lot of meat, dude. Like that fed oh, a yeah. lot of families. And that's the thing too. Like once fall goes around, like my phone starts dinging, like, Hey, when you get a deer, I'll take some, you know? So like, uh, <laughs> I got a list of friends that'll usually hit me up. Like, yeah. Hey man, can I order some deer jerky? And like, or uh, the processor that I use, they make like, it's like a Slim Jim it's snack stick. Yeah, that's what I had. dude. (laughs) Phenomenal. It's got jalapeno and cheddar cheese in it. Like, I could literally sit down and eat a whole bag. Like, it is so good. But, like, that's a thing, too, right? Like, you know, I just be made into uh, bratwurst, uh, summer sausages, uh, burgers. Um, The guy makes hot dogs over there, like it all depends on the processor, right? Like they could do so many things. Like I get breakfast sausage and Italian sausage made breakfast sausage is phenomenal with eggs. And then uh, the Italian sausage, I usually get it in bulk and I'll like, I just made some the other night, dude, spaghetti sauce with like a bunch of sausage in it. Like that's, that's why I love hunting dude. And that's why I put in the hard work to do it. Like, that's where my mind's at, dude. Like you've seen me, I'm not a slim guy. Dude. I like to I like to eat and yeah. I like to eat good, you know? So, you know, that's usually what I'm focused on. Like don't get me wrong, like I want to shoot a big deer. Like last year I shot a big buck, and I shot a little one, like a real small small. One. It was a button buck, and I thought it was a doe, and that was my mistake, but um fed my family, dude. Fed fed us good and you know, I always want to shoot that trophy deer, but, you know, when it comes down to it, dude, um, food on the table for the family, healthy food and, and things like that, man, that's, what's most important to me. Like that's yeah. what I'm always focused on, but it is a lot of work, man. And, and the one thing we didn't even talk about, like what I've been doing a lot of too is, is shooting my bow. Like I try to shoot like every day, every other day. Uh, I got a target set up in my backyard, try to shoot, you know, at least 40, 50 arrows. So that way I'm nice and dialed in, you know? So like, I know my bow is shooting, right. I know if I aim where I'm supposed to, like that arrow is going to penetrate that deer and, and it's not going to suffer. So like, that's another thing, like the mindset of that preparation is like, just, just making sure, like, that's the biggest thing, like. You want the cleanest, most ethical kill. Um, You know, I don't even like using the word kill, like harvest. You know what I mean? Like possible, like, and it's special, dude. Like, you know, I get emotional when I walk up on deer, dude, like, you know, and, and it's funny too. Like Jay got into hunting last year. He shot his first deer. And I remember he was like, Hey, give me a second, you know? And, and we talked later after we field dress it and stuff. And he's like, man, I just, I just wanted to thank the deer, you know, and let her know, like, you know, you're going to feed me and my family. Like it, it's a, it's a very, not like religious, but like, it's a, it's a very intimate situation. And well, yeah, because you're never, you got to gotta pay, res- pay respects to the animals you harvest yeah. and, and, you know, do them right. You know yeah so. well and
2: then most people don't grow up saying knowing you know yeah when you're a kid animals are the you know the best thing sure, ever sure. and then you, you all suddenly take this turn to being a hunter right and right,
0: right. now you're trying to kill Bambi
2: to well, most I mean, to most kids
0: you know <laughs> yeah and that and that's just it right like I didn't grow up in a hunting yeah. environment like I fished all my life but we never kept fish uh I take that back you know, back in the day when my old man had his big boat, we would catch, go out on Lake Michigan, catch salmon and, and steelhead and things like yeah. that. And we would keep those. Cause he had a friend that would smoke them for him. Um, but like, I didn't grow up in a hunting background. Like it was something I was always curious in. Like I had had venison before I enjoyed it. And you know, it, that's kind of spiraled into other things, the waterfowl, the upland hunting, things like that. Like You know, like one of my bucket list hunts is going out and out West and get harvesting an elk, you know, or, or going out by, you know, John Rapp and harvesting a bear. Like, you know, I've tried that meat before and it's absolutely phenomenal. And, um, one of the, it's, it's the most natural food you can eat. You know what I mean? And, um, that, that is super, super special. And, you know, just paying the respect to the animal, um, you know, and making sure you're going to use it. It's the same thing with a fish, man. Like, you know, you gut hook a bass, like I've done it before, dude, like not paying attention, mm. throw a Senko out, you know, and something and my coffee fell or whatever. And like that bass just swallowed that, you know, that Senko and it's going to die. Right. Like, oh, yeah. It, ever in that situation dude i'll bring that fish home and i'll fillet it up you know and yeah cause, i mean that's better than it just sitting there in the water and just yeah, right. i mean don't get me wrong like the birds are gonna eat it the the raccoons whatever but like um, you around
2: know, us pike and muskie. yeah right <laughs> right
0: like you know i might as well you know harvest the fruits of my labor you yeah. know so to speak and and just uh you know Pay homage to that animal and not just let it suffer and flop around on the surface of the water for hours or days. You know, so
2: yeah, no i I know we we we're, we're kind of all over the place on this one, but yeah. it's fine. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, no, sorry. Man. Yeah, I'm, no, it's fine. I'm learning a ton, and you know, like this is like I said, it's a whole new world for me. It's always something I've been interested in. And just yeah. never never had the time or the people, really, to, one, explain it, and two, you know, kind of show me the ropes type of deal.
0: Yeah, man. And, if you ever want to get into it, just let me know, dude. Like, yeah. I love showing people how to hunt. Like, I had a ton of fun, like, educating Jay on, like, uh, the nature of deer, um, how to field dress a deer, like you know, all kinds of stuff, man. Like yeah. I, I love educating folks on that stuff because I was eager to learn that stuff. Like I didn't know anything like you did when I first got into it. And I had some really good people like show me some of the stuff, got me into it and then, you know, continued to learn, continued to do research. And, you know, it's, it's a lot of fun just being out in mother nature and, uh, you know, getting that, that chance to, uh, you know, uh, harvest an animal
2: yeah i mean what honestly listening to you what this really reminds me of it to, to relate towards me is chasing musky yeah to where yeah, yeah. to where like you if if you play by the rules or the unwritten rules i should say sure. you know uh once the water is above 75 you don't chase them anymore it, it's a lot like i got that springtime and then i got that fall time to to catch that musky and on top yep. of that, I'm trying to do it on a fly rod, so.
0: I just, yeah, it's just either like, that or you just do like it. bow it, It's either <laughs> that or you do like me and you go out and like throw shaky head and catch a Yeah. That way, like I, I mean, still to well, this day, I don't. <laughs> blows my mind. I caught but, that yeah.
2: pike on the on a drop shot at your lake.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. that's right. That's right. Yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah muskie on the fly dude that's that's a bucket list thing for me too like i got into that with the guys up north up uh, up on the uh, chippewa flowage uh brad yeah. bowen and all those guys yeah. dude like i've been following them since like what 2010 2009 or something yeah. like when the world yeah. wide uh fly fishing tour came through glenview dude and like we went and saw it in a theater and that's when they had uh uh, what is it, Hero to Zero? Was that RT guys' film? Uh, with
2: yeah, guys? Zero to Hero with the Brad, yeah, Brad Bone and the one other guy from Minnesota. I
0: forgot, his yeah, name. yeah, dude.
2: I, I still watch that at the beginning of every year. Oh, yeah, dude,
0: right. yeah, that'll get the blood flowing. I just watched <laughs> yeah. it again the other day, too. And uh, and then he's got that other one with the guys, uh, the punk rockers that fly fish the driftless, yeah, uh, reverb, reverb, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a fly fishing junkie too, dude. I just don't yeah. let a lot of people know about it. <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs>
2: so. I like I do all types of it, man. And We're right? I, you know, just like you, I just love being out. First and foremost, I love being out there, and then the competitive side comes out.
0: Yeah, yeah. And, uh, I hear you, dude. Enjoy you nature is first always. We should do one on uh, the mindset of a fly fisherman. I uh, want to, man. I want, that is been... frustrating. Like, I'll get down on that, man. Like, yeah. Whenever you want to do that one, I'll get, yeah. I'll get down with it. I, I got a buddy to... that I fly fish with, and like, he's probably the world's worst fly fisherman, but <laughs> he absolutely loves it. He has caught some fish and like, he geeks out on that stuff. But um, like, his take on things are, are a little bit different and uh I could get him set up too, dude. You would uh yeah. enjoy talking with my buddy Eric. So but. yeah,
2: I'll be more than happy. To. I know I got into fly fishing through Muskie on the fly and and then it kind of went into cart and everything else because we don't really have trout around here, so unless yeah. you want to drive to the drift list.
0: Yep, which is well for you. It's a lot further drive for me. It's like a three
2: and a half four hour drive if you want to get to a good spot.
0: <laughs>
2: yeah, right, right. Yeah. But yeah, I could definitely do a fly fishing episode, man. Because I know that that's totally that fly fishing is way different. You know, it's, it takes a lot of patience, man.
0: Heck yeah. Man.
2: And the rewards are very, you know, few and far between, especially when you're chasing like the muskie and the carp and everything else—not just your typical panfish or bass. Nice,
0: yeah, man. hell yeah. But right on, man. Um, well, I gotta, I gotta hop off. So if you got any yeah. last questions, because I got another show to get to. Sorry, man.
2: Yeah, yeah. No, you're good. I was gonna end it here. I know we went a little longer than we planned for. But, dude, I appreciate coming on here, and I know it, it's a little bit about the mindset but and a little bit about food and a little bit about everything hunting-wise, but I did learn a ton, man. Yeah. And, right on, um, man. you know, in closing, I would say, you know, give hunting a try. I definitely want to also, if, you know, if anything's learned from here, you know.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and it and, doesn't have to be necessarily for deer or, or waterfowl no, or, like, pheasant. Like, there's so many different things out there that you can do. And, um, if I've, anybody's ever interested, feel free to reach out to me. Like, I know a lot of people across the country that hunt, that could maybe mentor you or point you in the right direction, things like that, man. Like, um, yeah, if I can help out in any way to get folks out there, uh, in the woods or in the prairies, just let me know, man, I'd be be more than happy to help. Yeah. And we'll close it out on there.
2: Um, again, man, I appreciate you jumping on. I appreciate yeah, you doing man, anytime. this. And uh, have sure. a good night, and I'll probably be tuning into the next show, man. Awesome.
0: <laughs> we'll see you there. Yep. All right, man. All right. Have a good one, man. Later. Thanks for tuning in to another killer episode on Paddle in Fin.